Melang, Molueni Sobona, hello. Goeiedag and welcome to episode 3 of the Corona Diaries podcast. To give you a quick reminder of what this podcast is about, when President Ramaphosa announced the nationwide lockdown in March, students from Rhodes University had to leave their campus to go into self-isolation with their families in different parts of South Africa. One such group, currently in their second year of studying journalism at Rhodes, began to send stories back to campus as part of their coursework, capturing the experiences of life in the moment of the pandemic. This became the Corona Diaries podcast. Now it is June and the Minister of Education has given permission for some students to return to campus, but these journalism students are still waiting for their turn. And so they are still sending stories back to campus from afar. Coming at you from the south of Johannesburg is myself, Kangisile Tlamini. For this episode, I will journey with you as we discover more stories about students in lockdown from across South Africa and beyond. You can keep track of our stories on social media by following at Rhodes underscore JMS on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook using the hashtag Corona Diaries. Bringing the world to you. To you. Corona. The Corona Diaries. Activate countdown. Someone for things to just be normal again. Yes, let's go. The Corona Dog Book is crazy. My diary, a Corona. Our stories behind the mask. Early in the podcast series, Selena Fori told us about her father being stranded in Dubai as a result of the closure of international borders. This has been true for many South Africans. Recently, Daily Maverick was still reporting that about 45 passengers are stranded at Frankfurt International Airport. Now, Selena reports that many such passengers are finally coming home. As many South Africans have been waiting for repatriation flights to return back home after international travel was put on hold due to the coronavirus outbreak, for some, the wait is finally over and they are on their way to return back home. With this return home, there are processes that need to be followed, such as getting a repatriation flight, as well as staying in quarantine facilities for an allocated amount of time, as planned out by the South African government. That we've seen that there are some countries, nationals, that are stuck in other countries, unable to come home. South Africa itself has had its own challenge. Well, South African Airways has suspended all international flights until the end of May, and that's in response to the travel ban implemented to curb the spread of the coronavirus. South Africans stuck abroad will soon be home. The flights will help South Africans stranded around the world. The Department of International Relations and Cooperation says 16 South Africans who were stranded in Dubai and Doha respectively have been successfully repatriated back to South Africa. South African citizens and residents arriving from high-risk countries will automatically be placed under quarantine for 14 days. Pierre Ferry, being one of many returning back home, shares his experience of his returning flight as well as staying in a quarantine facility that Indaba Hotel in Johannesburg has turned into. I waited only two and a half weeks for a repatriation flight from Dubai to 
Joburg because they weren't flying to Cape Town. The worst part probably was uh, the flight itself. Uh, there was a lot of paperwork to be done. Flying out to Bahrain, picking some people up there, so it wasn't quite a straight flight to Joburg. They sort of had uh, a bit of social distancing in the buses itself on the way to the plane. Once you're in the plane, I mean, it was normal. People were sitting right next to each other. It was quite a big plane, so I'd guess probably about 100, 200, I don't know, 200 people. The staff were dressed up in sort of covers of white suits, all had masks. It was quite an experience. Temperatures were checked once you go into the plane and once you get out. The airport was basically closed. At that time, we were still not 100% we were sure we were going. And eventually they said they could be going to the Ndaba Hotel. He explains the multiple regulations and rules that are put in place to ensure his safety. Our luggage got sprayed. You basically have got designated areas where you can walk. Social distancing is practiced all the time. You get a nurse here twice a day. There were packets in your room as well. You get a bit of washing powder, a bit of soap, shampoo, cleaning stuff. Your room will basically be the red zone. Outside, we have yellow zone areas where you can practice a bit of exercise and, and also smoke, but you've got to keep social distancing. Most of the time, you actually spend in the red zone, to be honest. Every now and again, I find that people pop out and talk across the walkway to each other. Many are still waiting for their flight to return back home. Piafuri explains what to expect from the repatriation flights and quarantine facilities. I think for everyone coming on a repatriation flight back to South Africa, your flight was probably going to be the longest or the worst. So yeah, just expect a little bit of a delay on the plane. The rest is just a sort of a wait situation until you can get your test and then you'll go. you probably end up staying at seven days. You can't receive anything except for something like warm clothes. You only waited two days and then you could go for a state test. I don't know if it's only this place, but you can also take a private test, but you must wait five days. I'm waiting for mine on Saturday. Food's good. They basically knock on the door, drop a little plastic bag with everything in. Nice beds to sleep in, it's not uncomfortable at all. And yeah, now we wait for our results and then you can leave within 24 hours. I think they, I think, I'm not sure. I think they do all the paperwork for you and then it's basically that. They look after you here. That's what actually makes a difference, I suppose. It is clear that during this lockdown period, South Africa has indeed changed and prepared measures to ensure the safety of returning citizens during the uncertainty of a global pandemic. I'm Selena Fury, reporting from the Western Cape. Stay safe. Our stories behind the masks. A protest to keep us in the Life in quarantine. The lockdown edition. Our stories behind the masks. Good morning. South Africa is struggling to adapt to some of the toughest restrictions in the world as it enters day two of its 21-day lockdown. Corona Diaries. Our, our stories behind past 11 weeks of lockdown have brought with them tests of bravery that many of us did not anticipate. 
from Centurion, Naomi Gruan, reflects on the assumptions she had made about the trials she would face and how differently the reality has turned out to be. For her, the challenge has been all about letting someone into your personal space. She says that doing this takes courage under best of circumstances. But it's even more daunting if that someone is a complete stranger. I think looking back at the past two and a half months of lockdown, what I expected going into lockdown is something completely different to what I actually experienced. Going into lockdown, I was very optimistic and that rapidly declined as the weeks went by. Online learning wasn't really online learning anymore and more became just submitting assignments each week. And as the weeks went by, things got harder and it became a lot harder to focus on what was positive. My mom is someone who hasn't been able to work um, throughout this lockdown period and for some reason I didn't see that coming. We were also faced with loss and for the family I think that was quite difficult with my sister being in the United States and the rest of the family being in Joburg. Not being able to be with one another to grieve was another challenge we were faced with. But I think with every challenge you're faced with, you have a newfound appreciation for what you have still got. So trying to focus on the silver lining and the positives has been what gets us through. So looking back at the past eight and a half weeks, we've got through it because we choose to focus on the positive and not on the negative. So hopefully going forward, that's what we'll continue to do. And hopefully as... Um, as the pandemic continues and as the lockdown eases up, things will get better. Under Alert Level 3 regulations in South Africa, social gatherings still remain heavily restricted. Visiting friends can result in arrest or a hefty fine. Under these conditions, many people find it hard to find satisfying ways of celebrating birthdays. But as Therese Karen Cross discovers, we can find new ways of staying connected with those we love. She tells us about the lockdown-friendly birthday celebration she arranged for her boyfriend. On the 23rd of March 2020, South African President Cyril Ramaphosa announced a nationwide lockdown due to the spread of the novel coronavirus. This meant no shopping, no hanging out with friends, and guess what? No birthdays. At first, I wasn't really stressed about celebrating my boyfriend's birthday, which is on the 5th of May, after lockdown was scheduled to end. But then the unthinkable happened. Lockdown was extended. Since we couldn't go out and celebrate his birthday like we usually would, I had to come up with a new plan and fast. I put on my thinking hat and thought to myself, what could I do to make him feel special, even under these horrible circumstances? After thinking so hard, I literally almost burst a blood vessel. It finally happened. I had the perfect idea. A romantic dinner date at home. Wow! The days leading up to his birthday, I made sure I had everything I needed. Ingredients, decorations, even a cute little date night dress. And then the special day came. 
I set the dinner table with candles, flowers, and our best set of crockery. I put up a huge birthday sign. I even put on some romantic music. When he came over, I closed his eyes and led him to the dining room. And when he opened his eyes and saw the whole setup, he was so surprised. Oh, wow, babe. Yeah, I did yourself. Then came the best part of the night. Food, obviously. For starters, I made poached eggs on toast. Hmm. Mine was chicken nachos. Hmm. And for dessert, homemade chocolate pudding with ice cream. Hmm. Dinner was a success. After supper, we spent the rest of the night chatting, dancing, and... Oops. I guess we should keep it PG. That night made me realize that you don't always need to go out to a fancy restaurant and spend loads of money on each other to have a perfect night. Even though we were under lockdown, all we needed was each other's company and maybe one or two glasses of champagne, of course, and it felt like the perfect day to us. So I guess lockdown and the limits that come with it aren't always that bad. In my opinion, that night is a perfect example of how you should embrace the moment and make the most of the situation you're in. And you never know, it might turn out to be better than you ever expected. Under the rules of lockdown, lovers who do not live together have found themselves forced into long-distance relationships. But we learn from Hanika Dupree's that at least one such couple is finding ways of seeing each other in a safe and socially distanced way. I miss the freckles on her cheek and nose. And I miss how she laughs when she's with me. And I miss um, hugging her. And I miss... Uh, making stupid jokes because she's the only one that gets my sense of humor. I miss her making me toasted sandwiches. <laughs> <laughs> you see, that's all she knows about me. <laughs> Orders to stay at home has either squished us up with one another or forced us far apart. Sarah. I'm Sarah. And I'm Sarah. <laughs> Where did we meet? Tinder. Tinder. Sarah spends most of the year in Makanda, formerly known as Grahamstown, where she studies psychology. Although Darren does the same, he does so in Cape Town. Due to the pandemic, Sarah has returned to Cape Town, where she spent the lockdown with her family. Unfortunately, Darren lives on the opposite side of Cape Town, and they have subsequently not seen each other for three months. Today, they met up in their favorite park to see each other for the first time since the lockdown was announced. Was this the longest we've been apart? I mean, you in G-Town for most of the time, but um, consistently, yes. What is the secret to this seasoned, long-distance couple's relationship? Communication, communication, communication. That is the key to all relationships everywhere. Yeah, that's true. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you got to communicate how you feel, why you're feeling that way, and you have to understand the person's feelings and then understand your own feelings and compromise. There has to be an equal share and balance in the relationship. Will they be doing anything differently in their relationship after the lockdown? I'd appreciate spending time with them all. And Sarah agrees. When someone's um, with you all the time, 
I get sick of it. Mm. You get sick of me? No. You're lying. You do. <laughs> <clears throat> After a minor altercation, Sarah and Darren decided to say goodbye, and they wanted me to remind everybody to wash their hands and stay safe. Lockdown can be tough, as we learn to adjust to being with our loved ones for extended periods of time. We may not always get along. We may bicker with family, exchange laughter, or want to be left with our thoughts. Nande Siko welcomes us into her family home in East London and shares with us the highs and lows of lockdown in the Siko household. Hey there, MCC. Welcome to our crib. It's a crib show. It's a crib show. No, no, it's supposed to be a podcast. Okay, well, what we meant was, yeah. welcome to the Seagull family, the, the Lockdown Edition. My name is Seven uh, Swasiko. I'm a father to the bride. <laughs> My name is Billy Swasiko Nandes' mom. How old are you? <laughs> <laughs> I'm old enough to be your mom. <laughs> Hi, my name is Makaro Siko. I am Nande Siko's younger brother and I am 17. My name is Luando Siko. I'm 12. My name is Nande Siko and I'm 20. And I must say, lockdown has been quite interesting in this Siko household. It has been fun actually and uh, it actually worked in my favor in terms of understanding each and every one member and uh, it has enhanced our relationship outside you know yeah to be honest it's actually quite hard because people have habits and and we get irritated easily we get bored easily we argue because of weird little stuff around happening it's been an interesting time i guess for one reason because i wasn't looking forward to it because i never liked spending time with my family but somehow it's brought us closer in a way me and my dad's relationship in terms of getting strong me and my dad's relationship was more of like i'm his son he's my father and that's it but we never had the father-son relationship but somehow we became stronger through communication and him actually getting to know me and us just speaking and now we became closer we're starting to do father and son stuff now i think it's been fine because we are people that listen we are people that obey we are people who always want to do good so we're able to listen and follow the regulations. The highlights for me so far have been the moments where we eat together and we've been eating. I love food so we've been like eating a lot. It's been great. The super memorable memorable time that I was to be I would say to tap into my child's side, if I can put it like that, to be able to play as a family and let her head down. Found out that uh, they are actually quite caring and they're trying their best to help me for my future. Because me, to be honest, I'm not that responsible. And I, I feel like I'm actually kind of wasting the money because I don't practice my violin, stuff like that. I don't do chores sometimes, which is quite sad because I do realize that during lockdown how much they actually work for me, even though I didn't see that during while I'm busy and stuff. So lockdown made you to be able to see what's going on. Yeah, that I need to work harder in the future because to be honest, I'm not that proud of myself because my grades were quite sad. Not in a failing way. Don't put so much pressure on yourself. You're only 12. Yeah, I know. You're the dancing knights. <laughs> Singing and dancing, playing cards. Oh my goodness. Those are the days that I, I really appreciate. 
Mm-hmm. And I'm thankful for because when it's not locked down, those days are scarce. We are always busy going up and down, mm-hmm. taking children to the extramurals, no time to relax and just have fun, play. Highlights have to be just the time that I get to spend with my family and relationships between, in terms of me and my sisters, that relationship got stronger in a way because now we're more used to each other. We can talk yeah. about stuff and exchange like ideas. It has enhanced my, my marriage, I would say, that for starters. And then it has shown me the areas that I need to work on in terms of making my marriage better, the relationship with my wife, and it showed me that I still love her and we, we're still, still close to each other. And then it showed me that there's still a lot of potential for our marriage. Lockdown so far has shown and taught me and my family a lot, where we have gotten closer, gotten mad at each other and made up. And what the rest of lockdown has for us Guess we will have to find out. Thank you very much to our reporters for giving us a glimpse into their lives. This is the last time we will hear from these storytellers as their journalism course now draws to a close. But we'll be back with another season of Corona Diaries later this year when the other half of the second year journalism class complete the same course. Until then, the Corona Diaries team wishes you well. We want to extend our warmest gratitude to you, our loyal listeners. We hope you will join us then to help us reflect once more on this strange moment in our history. We don't know what life in the time of the pandemic will be like then, when we produce the first episode of season two. All we know is that the world will have changed again. Hopefully, we will all be back at Rhodes University and life will have become a little bit more normal. If you would like to stay in touch to find out what stories we have to tell about the new normal, please follow us at Rhodes underscore JMS on Twitter Instagram and Facebook using the hashtag Corona Diaries. From myself, Kainsile Zamini, and the rest of the Season 1 team, stay safe, stay warm, but most importantly, don't forget to sentinize. Bringing the world to you. To you. The Corona Diaries. Activate countdown. So well for things to just be normal again. Yes, Corona Dark My diary a corona. Our stories behind the Damn!